This is Church on the Rock, where Jesus is our message and people are our heart. Tune in to hear a teaching that we pray inspires and encourages your life with Christ. Amen. Hey, something that's been real good for me um, that I've been learning is to relax a little bit. Um, you know we always have a plan on how we want to do things at church, but I think we need to relax and sometimes we get too impatient and get too much in exactly what we're supposed to do that day. But I, I like to keep a service fluid and do what the Lord wants to do and, and move how He wants to move. And uh, my son-in-law just came up and he said, hey, he said, hey Brian, I think I'm supposed to be baptized. And I said, well, go get a shirt on. We're going to do it. And, and the reason for that, you guys know Braden. How many, how many thinks Braden just does things off a whim? No, he's very calculated and very... Uh, he, so we're going to baptize uh, Braden today. Is, is he in here somewhere? Hey, there he is. He's coming out. Oh, man. We've got some shirts back there. If, if anybody wants to be baptized, spare the moment. We actually have clothes in the back. He got some of the extra larges, buddy. Look at this. Oh, yeah. But, uh, hey, Braden, the, uh, the, the call, go ahead and come in. The, the, oh, gosh, now I can feel tears coming my, this is my son-in-law. Um, the honor to get to be a part of this moment in your life is very important to me. And, um, you know, we spent 28 years living in Louisiana and Wyoming and, and just went wherever the Lord went, and we never got to have family. It was always just me and my kids, me, my wife, and my kids. And it is a joy that we get to work together and to share life together with our families and with Ames. And you are doing first appointment in the ministry. You are knocking it out of the ballpark, in my opinion. Um, and we know that you've been saved, and, and, and we know that you're doing this, and I'm going to give you a chance to talk. But even Jesus was baptized. And when he came up out of the water, it says the Holy Spirit descended upon him like a dove. And, and Jesus was, was and, and the heavens opened up, and God the Father said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And then today I see the heavens open up, and God the Father saying that he's very pleased with you. And I see a new anointing, a new anointing of the Spirit upon your life. Thank you. Um, I was baptized as a kid, and I never got baptized again. And um, I've been studying baptism a lot to try to figure out what it means. And to me personally, it's almost as big a deal as accepting Christ. You accept Christ. And it's just as important to be baptized. And so I want to make that decision today as, a, as an adult um, to identify with Christ, to enter into the church family, and, and to just publicly declare that my life is 
Son, if you would, a minute, elaborate just a little bit on your studies about how baptized it baptized you into the family of Christ and kind of what that means to you. Well, Jesus didn't have to be baptized. Mm-hmm. He was sinless. And because he was a part of humanity, he, he chose to be baptized unto repentance. And so Jesus came into the water and sanctified the water mm. so that every person that is baptized enters into that family that, that is His. Amen. That's powerful. And to be a part of something that has been done for over 2,000 years, to do something that Jesus Himself did, think about that. It's a big deal. And, and, and I want to make sure as a church that we don't get caught up and do things traditionally and ritually, but we do things because that's the way Christ sent it up, and there's great impact and great uh, effectiveness from it. Braden, upon your profession of faith, oh God, I pray that heaven open up and the Spirit of God descend upon you like a dove. Thank you, Lord. As you identify yourself with Christ's family, you go into the sanctified waters that Jesus sanctified. Jesus said that Himself and the people He makes holy have the same Father. And we enter into that kinship as a spiritual family through baptism. We baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Bob, help Braden out. Thank you, Lord. Praise the Lord. Next week, we're going to have the baptismal open again. Please, please let us know if you're going to be baptized by going to the Connection Center. Uh, if you want to know more about baptism, we've got several staff. We can have one-on-one meetings with you if we need to and, and talk about it. Um, but next week, we're going to do baptismals again. Uh, call the church office. The information is in your bulletin. Whatever you need to do, that would be great. I'm glad you guys started that clock. I've got 23 minutes to... Um... Where's Josh? Help me with one more thing, guys. <clears throat> Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Come on, hit the high note. Carmen and I wrote in there, but, but read, read, read a little bit of the card. It, it may fall flat because you know how I am, we, I am with jokes, but uh, no, no, read that. and not, not the personal stuff. You are the coolest. You are the coolest. Now open up the card. Yeah. Okay. Now slide over the $1,000. No, okay. just kidding. We all... Oh, 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 oh. I know this is going to fall flat, but we might as well try. Happy birthday. Please note, 
We also think the chicken dance is cool, so put this into perspective. <laughs> we love you, Josh. Thank you. Uh, oh, well. Let's try something else. <laughs> Amen. There's going to be an awakening in 217. If you want to grab your bulletins on the back, you'll have a, sp- a space to write today. Uh, there's going to be a spiritual awakening in dead marriages, wayward children, an awakening in relationships that's maybe been dead, a dying business, an awakening to God first living, an awakening to righteousness and a breaking of addiction. We know that there's an awakening happening in these 21 days. Amen. And my question today to you is, are you awake? Are you awake? Are you among the living today? If you are, say amen. I'm awake. I'm among the living. The Bible says never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord. Everybody say enthusiastically. Amen. Uh, what, What do you think enthusiastically means? Is it like this? Enthusiastically. Come on, how about some enthusiasm? Serve the Lord enthusiastically. The Lord spoke to me and he said, don't roll over 2014. Don't roll over 2015 if those have been horrible years. Be looking for something new to happen, amen? And then he spoke to me and he said, create a hole, create a space. Fasting is creating a space so that the Lord can come in and fill it. Amen. And we, uh, there's three areas that we can create space. We can create space in giving. We can create space in praying. And we can create space in fasting. That's what the Lord taught us in Matthew chapter 6, which was the first sermon. And then the, the, the last thing that we've established in the last few weeks is that fasting and prayer is a time to reestablish biblical order. And the scripture talks about us how we're supposed to serve the Lord enthusiastically in our spirit, in our soul, and in our bodies. I think Christians sometimes, I think that order is important. I think Christians sometimes have it body, soul, and spirit. To where the flesh and the body does whatever it wants, it it, it lives however it wants, it it, it makes its decisions that only takes care of itself. So prayer and fasting is a time of saying, hey body, you're not first anymore. We're going to put spirit back first. How many know that God needs to be first, that the spirit needs to be first? And then the second thing is the soul. The soul is your mind, your will, and your, and your emotions. You're putting where you're thinking about the Lord again. You're, you're, you're speaking about the Lord again. You're emotionally getting connected to the Lord again. And then the body follows. So it's spirit, soul, and body. There needs to be a biblical order. And I'll tell you what, whenever biblical order is reestablished, blessing comes. How many is looking for blessings? But when you enter giving or prayer or fasting, it says to do it in private. Do it set apart. Go to the secret place. Secret is the set apart place with the Lord. And place means upper or higher. So you can have, you get aside, you make that space for a greater or a higher upper room experience. And then the Lord says that which you are doing in the secret. You're giving in secret. This is Matthew chapter 6. You're praying in secret and you're fasting in secret. There's something about that where God says when I see you do that. 
When I see you do that in secret, when I see you do that in secret, I will reward you openly. So that, so we talk about that. So today is going to be about sowing and reaping. Today is going to be about sowing and about reaping. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 28. In Genesis 1, 28. I want you to write this down on your, your sheets if you don't care. The amount of seed sown determines the amount of harvest. We're talking about sowing and reaping today. The amount of seed sown determines the amount of harvest that you receive. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 28, it says this. It says, Then God blessed them, Adam and Eve, and He said this, Be fruitful and multiply. Be fruitful and multiply. God wants you to be fruitful in 2017. He wants you to multiply in 2017. He says, fill the earth and govern it. You see two things he says. He says, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, fill the earth, and govern it. Government means authority. Government means dominion. Government means management, oversight. How many realize that God has given you dominion, power, oversight, and authority through Jesus Christ? How many know that? So, so this multiplying and this filling the earth that God wants you, this blessing, this prosperity that God wants all you to work in, He gives you two things. One, He says, I've given you the ability to govern it. I've given you the ability to govern it. I've given you the authority. I've given you the power. I've given you the backing. But then He says to govern it and to fill it. Now, when he says to fill it, go down to verse 29. It says, um, Then the Lord said, Look, I've given you every seed-bearing plant throughout the earth and all the fruit trees for your seed. He said, I've given you this. So he says, I've given you authority, dominion, power, and might. But then he says, I've given you every seed-bearing plant. Every tomato seed, every orange seed, every mango, every apple, every seed that is good for fruit. Every single seed, there's hundreds of seeds and varieties. I looked in at just the different varieties of apples. God said, I want you to be fruitful and multiply. God's saying in 2.17, I want you to be fruitful and multiply. And he's saying this, I give you the authority, I give you the power, I give you the dominion, govern it. Walk in it this year, baby, walk in it. And then he says, um, be fruitful and multiply. Then he says this, I've given you every seed. I've given you every seed. Now, once that you have these seeds, we're going to reap a harvest, but a harvest is not determined by your action. A harvest is determined by your actions and not good intentions. We're always intending to do something. We're always intending to go somewhere. We're always intending to fast. We're always intending to make a relationship right. We're always intending to do something, but we never move into action. It's nothing but something we're intending to do. So once you have these seeds, if Adam was just took these seeds and did any nothing with them, you know, some people's like, well, what, what are you doing? And they're looking at the ground. They're like, well, I'm, I'm waiting for this orange tree to grow. 
And uh, the Lord knows I like orange trees. And orange trees is my favorite thing to eat. And, and I'm, I, I'm, I'm waiting. And then I say, hey, did you plant an orange seed? Hell no, but God knows that I want an orange seed. And, 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 and I like oranges. And I, I know oranges are good for me to get. Well, did you plant a seed? Guys, the amount of harvest that you're going to receive is determined on the seed that you plant. You've got to put seeds. And I'm talking about good or bad seeds. If you're you're going to reap forgiveness, you need to sow forgiveness. If you want to reap kindness, you need to sow kindness. If you want to reap goodness, you need to sow goodness. I'm telling you, what, what do you want your harvest to be? If you want harmony in the family, then sow harmony from your part in your family. What is the harvest that you want to see in 217? The seeds are in your hands. Every seed-bearing plant, the seeds are in your hands, and the authority is given to you. The amount of harvest that you have is determined upon the seeds that you plant. I believe that. Second point, you know, with corn, it multiplies. With corn, you know, I'm a farmer, grew up on a farm. With corn, one corn if you plant it, it puts up one stalk. You for sure get two ears and usually three ears. An ear of corn has between 500 and 1,200 kernels on it. How do you know that? I've counted. No, I, have. I looked it up on Google. And the average is 800. So 8 times 3 is 2,400 seeds. So out of one corn seed, you can have 2,400 corn seeds to plant. How many see the multiplication? Brothers and sisters, it's easy to be fruitful and multiply. Even Adam. Even Adam. You know your family can be big as you want. Now do I need to go into detail on that seed? Are you all get my drift? Or do we keep this PG-13? Are you all with me? Amen. Adam had seed to be fruitful and multiply. But if there wasn't anything happening, if you know what I mean, it isn't just going to happen. I mean, no, there's got to be some action and not good intentions. Adam could have as big a family as he wanted. Adam could have as many orange trees as he wanted. Adam could have had as big a garden as he wanted. But it's got to be built with action, not intentions. It's a year. God spoke to me and he said, it is a year. This is a year of sowing and reaping. Now, let's go to the next point. Write this down. The type of seed sown, the type of seed sown determines the type of harvest you have. The type of seed you sow, good or bad, determines the type of harvest that you have. Luke 6.37 says, do not judge others. See, when you judge others, you're sowing judgment. Do not judge others and... You won't be judged. And judging means to criticize or belittle or to sneer at or to pass judgment on. Anybody ever do that? If you do that, then it's going to be done to you because you're going to reap what you sow, baby. You're going to reap what you sow. If you're critical, people are going to be critical on you. If you belittle and you curse people, people are going to belittle and curse you because you reap what you sow. Condemning. He said, do not condemn others, or it will come back against you. 
the accusation, the dooming, the denouncing, the attacking, the slamming, the blaming. Hey, don't do that in 217. How do I not do it? It's really, here it is, two words. Stop it. Stop it. And one reason you're on a fast is because you can't stop it. You know, we got a dog, and I'm taping this because I'm doing a sermon on words in the future. Um, in about six weeks, seven weeks, eight weeks, I'm going to do a sermon on words. But I've been videotaping my dog, Gracie. We sit and feed the squirrels, you know, early in the morning at, at our house. Well, anyway, when dogs walk by, she's, she starts to bark, and we don't want her barking. And so the dogs will go by, and she'll go, and, and I'll go, and then I swat her, no bark. She wants to bark so bad she wants to bark. A little dachshund, a wiener dog. See, I mean, she challenges the German shepherds, I'm telling you. Anyway, she's like, and then they get by, and I think, well, we trained her. She didn't bark. And then she goes, <laughs> she's like, I'll show you, and then she ducks. All right? That's the way it is with some of you guys with slamming and being critical and putting, you want to do it so bad. Fasting is beating your flesh in. You're not doing that anymore. Spirit's in control, not flesh. Some of you need to fast because your flesh is out of control. And it puts it in control. Fasting is powerful. It's, it's powerful. So anyway, bad seed. Let's look at the good seed. Good seed sown is forgive others in what? And you'll be forgiven. You know, hey, forgiveness means you've been offended. Anybody ever here been offended or hurt or deeply wounded by someone? All right? So with, I know that we've been hurt or wronged or insulted. That's why we need to forgive. I know the person that you need to forgive doesn't deserve to be forgiven. And, you know, I don't want to capitalize on this, but just so you all don't say, well, you don't know what I'm going through, Pastor. Um, I, I was uh, abused in a certain way as a teenager by a pastor. But I had to get to a point where I forgave him. You have, forgiveness is a, it's a, it's a choice. It's an act of the will. It's not an emotion. But I'll tell you what, the emotions will even come later. I know they don't deserve to be forgiven, but do any of you need, deserve to be forgiven from the Lord? Okay? But we forgive because the Lord forgave us. You know why the other reason we need to forgive? Because we don't want them to beat us twice. Now, you guys who used to play football, I remember one time, oh, Mount Vernon, there was a nose guard who went and played at MU. I was a freshman center at 155 pounds playing varsity football, uh, in, a, in a 3A school, and this guy was eating my lunch. He was sacking the quarterback, and the, he, was, he was making the tackle. He was doing all this. He, 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 was, he was killing me. He, he was beating the fire out of me. But at halftime, I was moping about it, and I'd convinced myself I couldn't do anything about it. This guy was bigger than I was. He's stronger than I was. He's a senior, and I'm a freshman. He's going to go play uh, ball at Missouri University. Uh, 
I can't do this. But my coach said, and he, and he gave me some things to do. And he looked at me and he says, don't let him beat you in the second half. And guys, I want to tell you something. He did not make one tackle in the second half. He did not sack the quarterback, and he did not touch the running back because I wasn't going to let him beat me twice. When you don't forgive and when you walk in unforgiveness, you're letting them beat you twice. They already beat you once. They already beat you once. They beat you once. They took something from you. They did something to you. But the problem is, is, is we play the rest of the game and we lose the ball game the next week and the next week and the next week because we can't get over that loss. And we get beat over and over and over and we go into the next season of life and we're still getting beat. Brothers and sisters, the reason we need to forgive is we don't want them to beat you twice. Don't let it do it. Don't let it torment you. Don't let it hurt you. God can heal. God can heal. So there's good seed. And then the good seed is give. Uh, giving. It says give and you shall receive. We're talking about sowing and reaping. Give and you shall receive. Your gift will return to you in full. Press down. That means jumping on top of it. Shaken together. Making more room. To make more room. And running over. Poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine what you get back. Is there a law with sowing and reaping? Put that with anything. What you give is what you're going to get back with anything. Write this down. God doesn't determine how blessed you are. You do. You will reap the type of seed that you sow. You will reap the type of seed. Dave, you know this from teaching us creation. Genesis 1.24 says a, a seed, and this is just one example of many, that says a, a seed produces after its own kind. Genesis 1.24 says, then God said, let the, let, let the people of the earth produce every, let, let the earth produce every sort of animal producing offspring of the same kind. Livestock, small animals, you see that. But if you look all through Genesis, it's the same kind. So you're going to reap the same type and kind of seed that you sow in 217. Now listen, some of you, well, I'll hit it on this next point. Look at this third point. You have more control over your life and your future than you realize. It's good preaching. You have more control over your future and your life than you realize. You have more control over your future and your life than you realize. You will harvest what you plant. Galatians 6, 7, and 8 says this. Um, it says, God is not mocked. I'll just do it so I don't turn. God is not mocked. If you look up that mock, it means this. To sneer at. To snub. I'm talking snub. Right? Like if I saw you, Joseph and Christian, I saw you and I snubbed you. I sneered at you. I threw my nose up and just walked on. Do you know some people sow corrupt seeds 
and they're mocking God, thinking they're not going to reap what they sow. They throw their nose up. But I wouldn't snub God if I was you. You're not going to snub God. You're not going to snub God. Whatever a man sows, he will also reap that. Okay? So he says, sowing to the flesh and the harvest it brings. Galatians 6 8 says, those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature, their harvest will be of decay and death from that sinful nature. Now, on that snubbing God, how many know? I, I was careful of this, but I just like, it's true. Um, how many, you know, Moses even said it. He refused to be the son of Pharaoh's daughters, uh, knowing that the pleasures of sin would only be for a season. But, hey, how many know that sin is fun? If sin isn't fun, you didn't do it right. Sin's fun. Sin is fun. It, 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 it's an instant gratification. That's why when people get in stress in their jobs, and when I know that businessmen and people are going through tremendous storms and attacks, I ask them, how are you doing with sinful temptation? Because when you're under stress and when you are under the gun and when you are under great pressure, you're like, I need a cow gone to take me away. And usually the enemy's sitting here showing you sinful things that will give you a temporary satisfaction. It's fun for a minute. It satisfies for a minute. Overeating satisfies for a minute. But then you feel like crud the next day and say, why did I do that and all that stuff. You get on the internet and look at pornography, it might satisfy at that second. But then you feel like a piece of crud after that. You, 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 you get angry about a situation and you blow your top. You know what? Blowing your top feels good. It does because it stimulates that manliness and that, that aggression and that power that human beings long for. But if you've got any spirit in you, Later, there's been times I've been bold in church things and, and I was deceived because it felt good when I did it and I thought that feel good was even from the Lord and that I was doing something righteous. But when I got alone, I could feel the Lord saying, uh-uh, son, not good. I'm like, really? Are y'all with me today? This good preaching. The, it, even getting angry. You may feel the testosterone going that you, you've got your point to your wife, buddy, and she didn't have anything to say back. Oh, but she does. You get, she got a lot to say back for several months until you say you're sorry. Feels good. Feels good at the moment. Feels good at the moment. But it's that bite of death. It's that death and it's that decay that bites you. I'll tell you what, some reasons I stay away from certain things. <laughs> I've learned once, the reason I stay away from certain things, I know what it costs. I know what it makes me feel like. I know the coldness that I put on myself. God's there. He's the same. 
But we isolate because we feel so bad. Because we know we've wronged him. But he's there. So I'm telling you, good seed, uh, this the sowing to the flesh, the sinful nature, it costs too much. And guys, I wrote this several times in my notes, and I'm not going to yell it this time. So stop it. So stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it what's messing up your marriage. Stop it. Well, I can't. Yes, you can. I can do all things through Christ. You can't in yourself, but with His grace, you can do anything. Well, 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 I've tried. Well, did you fast this 21 days? Or you, the guy sitting there looking at the orange plant, wanting something to grow without putting anything in it? Get some skin in the game. Get some skin in the game. Get something something in the game. I feel that strong. And then it says, "But but those who live to please the Spirit, man, you got a harvest of peace. You got a harvest of joy, a harvest of happiness, a harvest of satisfaction, a harvest of health. A, a, a harvest of wealth, a harvest of friendship, a harvest of unity in marriage. Can we go on? Can we go on? Can we go on? Will you stop sowing to the flesh and start sowing to the Spirit? The amount of harvest that you have is determined upon the seeds that you plant. Will you start giving good seeds and not bad seeds? Because the type of seed that you are sowing will give you the harvest that you are receiving. If you're sowing bad seeds, you're going to reap a harvest of bad things. If you're sowing good seeds, you're going to reap a harvest of good things. I'm telling you today, that you have more control over your life over 2017 than, I, than you care to understand and know. Take control. Stand up and take what God's given you in 2017 and be an overcomer and an achiever and someday that's living in victory because that's what God wants for us. Galatians, as we close... Galatians, in that Galatians chapter 6, we'll have to get these last two points because they're powerful. The sow to the Spirit. Okay. But look at verse 9. Look at verse 9. Look at verse 9. Galatians 6, 9. So let's not get tired of doing what is right. Come on. Come on. Let's not get tired of doing what's right. You ever get tired of doing what's right? It's because you're not seeing the effect of the results you want to see, so you're just deceiving yourself. But if you really believe what I'm teaching today, you'll stay the course and you'll not give up on what you're doing because you know you're going to reap what you sow. Now listen, this is a word from the Lord. Some of you behaved yourself into your situation. This is from the Lord. Some of you behaved yourself into the situation when you're, that you're in. But you can also, by the Spirit of God, behave yourself out of the situation that you're in. I want to say that again. Some of you take on, own it. Don't blame, own it. 
decisions. But you can also behave yourself out of it. It's a word from the Lord. Don't get tired of doing what's right. Don't get tired of doing what's right. Don't give up on selling the right things. At just the right time, everybody say at just the right time, harvest will come. In 1 Samuel chapter 13, verse 8, Samuel told Saul, he said, don't offer the burnt offering until I get there. Saul was surrounded by the Philistines representing the enemy. They outnumbered him ten to one. They were hitting their, beating their swords against the plowshares. They completely surrounded Saul and his army. Have you ever felt that way in life? Completely surrounded, completely outnumbered. There's no way you can see the victory. And then his friends and his army, they started sneaking off. What do you call it when you leave your army? Desert. They started deserting. And Paul's like, man, they're deserting. i got to offer this sacrifice because when we do this, God always shows up. Listen to this. The Bible says this. That Saul offered that sacrifice. And the King James says, just as Samuel was coming out of the, around the corner. And the NLT says, just as Saul finished with the burnt offering, Samuel arrived. If he had just waited just a second longer... It was there. Don't give up on doing what's right. How many know this good's going to win? You will reap what you sow. All across this, we're going to go into a time of worship. Please stay with us in the sanctuary. If you have to go to the bathroom real bad, we understand that. But, but let, let's stay for the remainder of, of the service. The prayer team's going to come up. They will pray with you about anything that you need prayer for. If you need a financial breakthrough, if you need prayer to be healed, if you're going through something hard, what do you got, brother? If you're going through something hard, um, let them know, and they're going to pray for you. Hey, Jeff, come over here. Before the scripture. Shaking, I feel shaking. I'm feeling this. Um, this is a scripture God's given me this week, but I really feel this is what He's given to our church, and from what the Pastor is saying, and it's Deuteronomy 28, blessings. Now it shall be if you will diligently obey the Lord your God, being careful to do all His commandments which I command you today, as the Pastor has spoken, as He spoke through the Pastor. He says, I will set you high above all the nations of the earth, and all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you if you will obey the Lord your God. Blessed shall you be in the city, and blessed shall you be in the country. Amen. Blessed shall be the offspring of your body and the produce of your ground and the offspring of your beasts, the increase of your herd and the young of your flock. Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Blessed shall you be when you come in, and blessed shall be when you go out. 
The Lord will cause your enemies who rise up against you to be defeated before you. They shall come out against you one way and shall flee before you seven ways. The Lord will command the blessing upon you in your barns and in all that you put your hand to, and he will bless you in the land which the Lord your God gives you. The Lord will establish you as a holy people to himself as he swore to you, if you will keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways. So all the peoples of the earth shall see that you are called by the name of the Lord, and they shall be afraid of you. I think they'll be coming and drawn to us. Hallelujah. And the Lord will make you abound in prosperity in the offspring of your body, and in the offspring of your beast, and in the produce of your ground, and the land which your Lord swore to your fathers to give you. The Lord will open for you his good storehouse, the heavens, to give rain to your land in its season, and to bless all the work of your hand. And you shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. And the Lord shall make you the head and not, not the, the tail. tail. And you only shall be above, and you shall not be underneath. If you will listen to the commandments of the Lord your God, which I charge you today, to observe them carefully, and do not turn aside from any of the words which I command you today, to the right or to the left, to go after other gods to serve them. Thus says the Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jeff. Praise the Lord. We hope this message connected with you. To get more information about Church on the Rock, check out our website at www.cotrag.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Have a blessed day.